for us tonight. And I think tonight, I, I want to call the tonight's message keys to walking in the glory. Keys to walking in the glory. Something the Lord has really been speaking to me in this past couple weeks is that God is releasing his divine order and his divine alignment. The Lord is releasing his divine alignment and even divine connecting in this season. The apostolic is arising and what's happening is heaven is starting declaring and what is when heaven declares it becomes projected here on earth. That's part of the apostolic reformation. I believe that God really wants to show us his glory. You know that when the glory becomes manifested, when the glory of God comes, heaven becomes manifested and heaven becomes it's tangible. Miracles and signs and wonders begin to manifest. Why? Because heaven is being declared and heaven is being manifested here on earth. Matthew 6.33 talks about, about heaven being here on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that we're supposed to walk in that level of authority, that wherever we go, heaven is being manifested. Everywhere we go. You know, I, I give this analogy, and, and, and you think about the scripture where it says that when Jesus walked the streets, that the demons began to yell and scream. They begin to shout, why are you come to torment us? And you have to think about that, that statement because Jesus wasn't going to torment nobody. He was manifesting heaven here on earth and everywhere he walked was sovereign ground and he was an ambassador of the kingdom because he knew who he was. And let me tell you something. The same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of every one of us in this place. There is no different spirit. As a matter of fact, it says in the word that, that greater things will you and I even do than what Jesus did. You know that God's glory, it's a glimpse of his goodness. Think about that for a second. The glory of God is a glimpse of God's goodness. So when we're in the glory, we're in the goodness of Abba Father. <laughs> That's why he says that I'm a good, good God. He's a glorious God. <laughs> I love that. So I want to give us some keys tonight. I had to condense it because I had a lot that I wanted to share. So I broke it down into five. I'm going to give us five keys tonight how to walk in the glory of God. Walking in the glory. How do we encounter his glory? You, you know, I had somebody ask me this question. 
actually they made a statement and they said this, you know, I see you guys and I see what you do. He says, how come God doesn't use me the way he uses you? And my response is, he does. And he said, well, I know what the Bible says, but how come when I pray for people, I'm not seeing people healed the way that you guys are seeing people healed? You have to understand this. There is no difference between any one of us in this place. We are all sons and daughters of the King. And we all possess an inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. It is up to you and I on how we spend this inheritance. You want to walk in the glory? You want to get to that place where you walk down the street and the demons begin to yell? It's going to cost you a little bit. It's going to cost a little something. You know, I remember... In my younger walk with the Lord, I would see people that were in ministry, and I would see, and I'll give you an example, a perfect example, Reinhard Bonnke. I would see Reinhard Bonnke. I would see him on television, and there would be millions of people in the crusade. And I'm like, God, I just want one piece of that. I just want to see that type of ministry. I want to walk in that. And the Lord began to speak to me that we don't know the cost of what it takes to walk in that kind of anointing. And there's things that are required from you and I as sons and daughters. Listen, it is foolish to think that we can see heavenly results and expect heavenly things with ungodly character. We can't expect to see a move of God if everything we're doing is totally contrary to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So how do we get to that place of walking in the glory? Here's one of the keys. Hunger. <laughs> Spiritual hunger. The first key that attracts God's presence is spiritual hunger. See, God promises to fill those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. In Matthew 5.26, and I'm going to give you two different versions because I love the way they're, they're separated, but Matthew 5.26 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's the NIV. But then if you look at the NLT, it says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, and they will be satisfied. Ha <laughs> ha. So you think, okay, I just want to be real tonight, okay? I just want to be real. You know, there's different levels of hunger. There's different levels of hunger. My hunger may not be your hunger. Your hunger may not be my hunger. But I'm going to tell you what, when you are hungry, 
We all demonstrate the hunger differently. You can't tell me you're hungry when you're softly knocking at the door. I remember it was when the Lord I don't share this story very often. But I remember there was a moment in time back in 2000 and oh gosh, I can't remember the year. But it's when the Lord was going to move us to Alabama. It was about four and a half years ago, five years ago. And I remember sitting in front of my television screen on a New Year's Eve in San Antonio, Texas. And I was watching the ramp live with Karen Wheaton. And Reinhard Bonnke was there. I mean, a whole lot of amazing people and generals were at this event. And I remember sitting there on New Year's Eve, and my wife was with me, my family was with me, and, and we entered that year into worship, and we watched the ramp as we entered into the new year. And I sat on the couch, and I, and I said, Lord, what I would do to be in that place right now. I said, God, I just want to be there. I mean, see, I, I mean, I love Reinhard Bonnke's ministry, and I'm an evangelist. That's my heart to see people impacted and transformed. That's part of the apostolic, to see people built and trained and equipped and to, to be launched off. And I sat there and we and I wept and, and we worshiped with the ramp and we entered into the new year. And I said, Lord, I just want to be in that place. My wife, in the middle of that year, my wife said, you know, I had an encounter with the Lord. And my wife has a lot of encounters. She's a seer. She sees things. And she began to tell me how we were in a building. And, and Reinhard Bonnke was in the building with us. And I said, oh, well, that's going to have to be God. That was, see, my, that was my small-minded thinking. He says, and Reinhard Bonnke had a baton in his hand. And then Reinhard Bonnke handed us a baton. And I said, man, that would be awesome. And that would have to be God. And I just kind of shrugged it off. Didn't think nothing about it. One year later, the Lord calls us to move and to pick up everything that we knew and our family to move to Alabama. So we said yes to the Lord and we've packed up our, our belongings. We're in a U-Haul truck and as we're in the U-Haul truck, I get a call from the people at the ramp. While we were driving in the truck on the way to Alabama, and it was the people from the ramp with Karen Wheaton's people. And they said, we heard that you were guys, Radio Air Jesus was moving to Alabama. I said, yes, that's true. We're actually in the U-Haul right now. They said, we just feel like we're supposed to connect with you guys this season. When you get to Alabama, 
would you guys be interested in coming down with us and doing the spring ramp? And so we came in and we built a relationship with the people at the ramp. We started doing media with them. We did the spring ramp. We did the summer ramp. And then the winter ramp comes, the one that has the New Year's. And they asked us if we would do the New Year's ramp with them. And the guest speaker that year was going to be Reinhard Bonnke. <laughs> and you got to understand that I'm like, Lord, I just asked, you know, a whole year. And, and now you're putting me in a place, you're positioning me to go and to be in the place where he, I was blown away. So I'm in this building, and of course I'm fast-forwarding a lot. And we're in this facility, and there's 5,000 people hungry for God. Listen, when I say hungry for God, they were lined up outside the building, literally waiting for the doors to be open. They couldn't wait to get in the building to feel and to encounter what God was going to do with them. And then we go and we watch them open the door. And when they open the doors, they ran to get their spot. The building filled up with 5,000 people hungry for God, wanting more. Wanting more. Sometimes it's hard to get 30 people in a building. Sometimes it's hard to get people in the building when the presence of God is there. Why? Because they're too busy doing other things. We have to get to a place where we're hungry for more of God. We are not going to see revival with the way that we are going now. It requires a hunger that will burn inside of us. We have to want more. So Reinhard Bonnke comes up. And I'm already flowing by this time. I'm weeping. And I'm like, oh, my God, Lord. Only you can orchestrate something like this. One year ago, I was saying, Lord, I want to be in this place. And I just want to be able to grab just a piece of the mantle or the anointing. I just want to be in the place to be able to receive. You see, that's us wanting to position ourselves to encounter the Lord. That we would do whatever it takes to put us in that place to say more. Reinhard Bonnke comes up. And this is what he says when he comes up. He says, the Lord told me there was going to be people in here tonight. the Lord and his peers. See, this story is very special to me. He said, there's going to be people in here tonight. And he raises up his hand that I'm going to give this baton to. <laughs> and then he says, do you want it? 
said, oh my God. I'm in everything inside of me. Every, every facet of who I am was like, I want it, God. I need it. I want more. And I, and I, I could not explain. It's like everything that you can do with your body, I did it. Like I, 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 was, <laughs> I was trying to grab it and even doing prophetic acts, my legs, and, because I wanted it so bad. I was so hungry for more. Spiritual hunger. So he says, do you want it? And I said, I want it, Lord. I want all of it, God. And I cried out for it. And I reached out for it. I did a prophetic act and I grabbed it. And then he says, come and get it. And at that moment, I jumped. And I grabbed it. And I, when I grabbed it, I took a look. And I was thrown back. And I fell prone to the floor. And I'm face to the ground in this encounter with the Lord. And all I could feel was the power and the presence of God inside of me and through me and all around me. And all I could say was, Oh my God, oh my God, your presence, God, your presence, God. Listen to me. I hear people say how they're having these conversations, and I understand all that. But when the reverence of the Father God comes in the room, all you can do is be on your face. And I began to just weep and nothing. I couldn't say nothing but, oh, my God, your presence. Oh, my God, your presence. And I take a look out and I see my team. Everybody that was with me in our, our ministry team, everybody got zapped when I grabbed it. My interns were on the ground. My family was on the ground. My wife was on the ground. You're talking 5,000 people. Now understand this, we are the media team. Every camera we were using, we were live on 96.1 FM, the fix. Broadcasting to 1.2 million people in the Tennessee Valley. Live on New Year's Eve. I didn't care. We were on the floor. I share that story because there's got to be a level of hunger that's inside of us. That you're willing to get and do and get whatever it is you need. to get Just to touch the hem of the garment. Number two. <laughs> you guys okay? Number two is humility. God loves to clothe the humble with his presence. God draws near to the humble heart. In Matthew 21, Jesus rides into the city on a donkey. 
covered with the clothing in the same way Jesus. He's covered with the clothing. And the same way that Jesus came in, Jesus clothes us with his glory. That we would walk in humility and not walk in pride. Number three. And this is a big one. Honor. Honor is another significant key to hosting the glory of God in your life. When honor is present, <laughs> I'm sorry, when the kingdom is present in you. You see, we talk about the Lord and we talk about Christianity, but let me give you another word, the kingdom. When the kingdom is manifested in you, honor flows out of you. Because the kingdom doesn't know any other way to operate other than honor. Honor brings life. It multiplies itself. It produces life. It is the resurrection glory. Whatever you honor, you attract to yourself. Whatever you honor, you receive from. When you honor God's presence, He will draw near to you. When you honor the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they will begin to manifest in you and through you. When you honor an anointed person, you will receive the anointing on their life. If you honor the glory of God, if you honor the glory of God, you will be saturated by God's glory. <laughs> That's how you walk in the glory. Man, I'm getting messed up up here. Holy Ghost. Number four. Number four. We find the next key in attracting the glory can be found in Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles five eleven. I'm going to read that. You guys can go to it now. But for, I'm going to go ahead and read it for you guys. But you can go at 2 Chronicles 5.11. Actually, go ahead and go there. I'm going to take a trip. Chronicles 5.11 says, Then the priests left the holy place 
And all the priests who were present had purified themselves. Whether or not they were on duty that day. Let me just stop us right there. That's a, that's a picture of hunger. That's a picture of the kingdom. That's a picture of a lifestyle. It says that the priest had purified themselves whether they were on duty or not that day. It wasn't something that they just did on Sunday. Or it wasn't something they just did on a Tuesday night meeting or a Friday night meeting. It was something that they did even during the time that they were not even on duty. They weren't scheduled to minister. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and their sons and the brothers were dressed in the fine linen robes and they stood at the east side of the altar playing the cymbals, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing the trumpets. And the trumpeteers and the singers performed together in unison to praise, giving thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices and they praised the Lord with these words. You see, these, how do we get into the glory? How do we walk in that place of the, of the glory? It says that they praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. And it says, at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not continue because they couldn't continue the service because the cloud, the cloud of glory, the glorious presence of the Lord began to fill the temple. You see, what if we would come in here prepared to go to another place with the Lord with a level of hunger and expectation that we're so hungry for more of God that all we want to do is just capture the attention of our Father that we would come in this place hungry. That we could say, he is good. His faithful love endures forever. We would see the cloud of glory come, just like we saw that day. Mm. I want that. I've seen the cloud of glory before. I've seen, I've felt it. I seen where I was able to move and I could feel. I've stepped on the cloud of glory before. I know that stretches some people in here, but I felt the tangible presence of God. I could feel the the ooey gooey, the 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 cloud of his presence. I was in Birmingham, Alabama. My son was leading worship at a worship in a word three and a half years ago. And he's all by himself in this big building. 
And he's worshiping a song. And, and the words that he was singing was, in the glory. In the glory. And he's worshiping with this song. And I walk in the room. And as soon as I walk in the room, I took a step in. And my feet sunk in the ground. I could feel the presence and the glory. I have never encountered anything like that in my life before. And I'm going to tell you what, it's real. Oh, it's so real. Nobody can tell me that it's not. I've seen it. <laughs> I can feel the glory now. <laughs> Father, thank you, God, for your presence and your glory, God. Lord, I'll take it all. I'll drink it, God. I want more, God. Make us hungry for more, God. Make us hungry for more. Consecration is the process of being set apart as the Holy One unto God. A pure hearted devotion and consecration attracts the glory like a magnet. When God feels at home in a vessel, He will fill the vessel. <laughs> How many of us want to make a home? Holy Spirit can come and just begin to fill our vessels. Number five. Number five. Magnifying God's true nature. intimacy with the Father. This is one of the most important keys that we must learn. There is something about the glory that happens when we un have an understanding of the nature of God. God chooses to magnify and uh, exalt those and his worship towards him. Second Chronicles 5.13 It says, He is God and his faithful love endures forever. That is the nature of God. God is good. He is a good God. He's a loving Father. His faithful love endures forever. <clears throat> I want to give you guys three things that the enemy is using right now to stop you from walking and the glory and the authority of the kingdom. And after that, we're going to go into a night of just a 
impartation. I, I, have, I just feel like we're going to pray tonight, and we're going to go for it tonight. Even if I go, I, I, we're going to go tonight. <laughs> <clears throat> These are one of the things that the enemy is using in this season. One of the devices is unbelief. Unbelief is a major tool of the devil right now. And the Bible calls unbelief a sin. Romans 14.23 reads this. But the man who has doubt is condemned if he eats because he is not eating from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. The book of Hebrews also says, See it to see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Unbelief is serious that Jesus could not do any miracles because of the people's unbelief. Unbelief is mm, one of the things that I've always said is. Even as we go and we do miracles and we do signs and wonders and we pray for the sick, there has to be some level of belief. I can pray for somebody and they don't believe. I got a perfect example. We, I had a guy that moved our house when we moved from Alabama, one of our moving companies. The gentleman was completely blind and his... Uh, right eye I believe right eye completely blind he was a mover and he had turned the corner and a metal rod shot right through his eye and when the guy realized the guy that was holding the box realized that he had this rod in his eye he was carrying the box he moved the box and pulled it out the guy was completely blind and I saw that he was blind because it was obvious when he was moving us. And I said, sir, what happened to your eye? And he goes and he tells me the whole story. And I said, I believe that God wants to heal your eye today. And his response to me was this. Well, you can try. Ain't nothing going to happen. I've been to the doctors. I've been to the specialists. They told me there's no surgery that I can have. Nothing. There's nothing that will ever happen to replace this eye that I have to live like this for the rest of my life. You see, but I identify with the kingdom. I identify with what the Lord says, and I know that there's nothing impossible for God. So we began to pray for this gentleman's eye, and I put his hand in his eye, and we pray in the name of Jesus, virtue, I be healed, and bam, instantly his eyes open, and he sees the guy freaks out. I got the video. We got a testimony of this video. The guy flips out. He, he began to see. And his girlfriend at the time would make fun of him. She would stand on the side and she would like make faces at him because she could never see her. She started doing it to him. She's like, I can see everything you're doing now. Come on. Completely healed till this day. This man comes on my periscopes and my Facebook lives. And every day he testifies of what God did. But his thing was this. 
You see, he didn't believe. But I love the scripture where Jesus tells the woman, he says, woman, have I not told you that if you only believe, you will see my glory? What does that mean? That means that we can believe for them. They don't have to believe. I can believe for them. So unbelief comes. That is one of the tools that the enemy is using that will hinder your walk in the glory. Number two, fear. Fear. 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 8. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear paralyzes us. It keeps us from wielding the authority that we have in Christ to bring healing to others. True story. I remember when I first went into an encounter with the Lord. I remember in a place I positioned myself and I was asking for more, 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 God, more. And I'm praying and I'm in this, this zone. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord come and grab my leg and pulled me into this encounter. And as I went into this encounter, I freaked out. And I, because I, I could feel my spirit going somewhere. And they pulled me. And I remember I shouted, I said, No! Because fear came upon me. I had never experienced anything like that. Immediately when I said no, I came out of the encounter. And I, I, I recognized instantaneously, oh my God. That was my, that was my encounter with the Lord. And I pulled myself out. And I started rebuking myself. I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. If you come again, I won't stop you this time. I'm going to go. I won't, I'm not going to be afraid. Because, see, sometimes we talk about the supernatural. We talk, look, the supernatural things of God is real. And if you don't believe, I'm sorry that you don't believe. I'm sorry. That's a horrible thing not to believe. Man, I've seen the dead raised. We've prayed for it. We've seen it. There's nothing anybody can do or say that will tell me that my God is not real. Oh, my God. I've seen too many creative miracles. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I will never do that again. And that day that I walked in when he was singing glory and I stepped into that thing, that was the first time I had an encounter since that time, seven years prior. I didn't allow myself to be pulled out of that one. I said, more. <laughs> so fear. <clears throat> First John 5.18 teaches us that the wicked one does not touch whoever is born of God. He has no authority over you or I. I have given you authority over power of the enemy, 
and you can walk among the snakes and scorpions and crush them, and nothing will injure you. Luke 10, 19. Now the last thing that the enemy will use to stop you from stepping into the glory is prayerlessness. If you don't have a prayer life, that is one of the major tools the enemy will use to stop you from seeing the glory. I can't expect myself to be a master black belt if I've never allowed myself to be trained. I can say my black belt all I want. doesn't mean I am. Prayer. You have to be in your prayer. You have to be in that secret place. We have to allow ourselves to be positioned because there's so much that God wants to do with us and in us and through us that we have to position ourselves to be able to encounter the power of God. We got to be hungry for more. We have to walk in that place of humility to be able to say, God, here I am. I don't know what it looks like, God, but I surrender my all. We have to learn how to honor people, honor those that God puts in front of you, your leaders, your pastors, your apostles, your family members. We have to honor those. We must know who God is. God is good and God is love. So tonight, there's a couple things I want to do tonight. I was sharing with my wife. I was reading um, some scriptures tonight, and I said, isn't it awesome that in John, no, I'm sorry, and in and, and Matthew 10, 1, in Matthew 10, 1, Jesus calls for all the disciples to come together. And I said, in that moment when he called them in Matthew 10, 1, it says he called them, and then he said, he gave them the authority to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out the devils. And then you read in Matthew 10, 8, where Jesus says, okay, now go and make a shout unto the Lord that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he says, now, Raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, cast out the devils. That's a picture of the impartation where he gathered them and said, listen, you now have the authority. Now it's time for you to go and make a joyful sound unto the Lord and declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand and then be, to begin to walk in the authority and to walk in what God has called you to walk in right now as sons and daughters. Who's willing to say I'm hungry tonight? I'm hungry for more.
Christ. Alice, is there anything you want to share before I go forward? Are you good? If there's anybody in here tonight that is having any kind of issues with your body, tonight you're going to be healed. I'm, I'm just, we're going to go for it tonight. There's no reason why we're talking about miracles, signs, and wonders, and people are going to leave this place with a sickness. We're going to go for it. If there's anybody in here, I don't care what it is, eyes, ears, backs, toes, whatever it is, if that is you, come to the front right now. Come on. Alice, I need you to come up here. We have those that are here in the front. Now, everybody else that's in the building and those who are watching right now through the media stream, I want us to position ourselves tonight. And this is how you can do it. I like to do it like this. Because <laughs> I'm about to receive something. But that we would position ourselves tonight for the more of God. Here we go. We're going to pray for everybody that's up here as well. So y'all don't leave. After that. We're going to pray. Tonight's a, tonight's a day of your, your healing. Ha, Begin to press in. Father, we just thank you, God, tonight, God. And, Lord, as we extend our hands, God, we say that we want more of you, God. Lord, that you're going to make us hungry tonight for more. Lord, that we would walk in that place in your tangible glory, God. That we would just say, God, here I am, God. Lord, make us hungry for more. Make us hungry for revival, for our city, for our nation, God, for our family, God. Make us better husbands, better wives, God. Let us be able to steward everything that you've given us, Lord, in this season. Lord, I just say the increase will come right now. I declare the increase now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the increase will come right now. Lord, that you would fill our hands, God. You would fill our spirit, Lord. Lord, you know every need, God. God. Lord, that even today would be a new day, God. Lord, that we return from our old ways, God. Lord, we repent of our, our, our thinking, God. Unintentional and intentional, God. That today would be a new day, Lord. So, Father, right now, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your Spirit is saying right now, God. And we declare it right now. We declare we speak forth, God, an open heaven, God. We speak forth right now, God, the open heavens, God, the tangible glory. Man, woo! Right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right there where you're at, just begin to worship the Lord. Begin to receive it. Begin to receive that impartation right now. A fresh wind. A fresh awakening. Let the new manna come. Let the 
fresh revelation come right now. The fresh waves, the pockets of glory, the pockets of glory.